Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I've got to admit, I've been overwhelmed by the volume of response that I've received to uh, the, the, my question. How have you or how do you react to the words of Senator Mike Lee on the campaign stage alongside President Trump yesterday? Uh, the, 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 the one line that is catching people uh, is that Senator Lee compares President Trump to Captain Moroni in his efforts for, uh, you know, liberty and freedom. Uh, I will admit the overwhelming majority of both calls and texts that have come in have not been too pleased with the comparison. Words like humiliating and embarrassing have been used, uh, but there are those uh, who are who are not too uh, bowled over offended uh, by this. A text message comes in just a moment ago. It says about Lee's about Mike Lee's comment. Roll your eyes for a minute. Don't be offended. Don't make it an issue. Uh, and then another texter, uh, more direct, says we are all too quick to be offended when someone says something that they believe. If that is how Mike Lee feels about our president, then power to him. I believe that they're both uh, that both Moroni and President Trump are both fighting for truth and liberty. Um, on the line is Pete, uh, who has some thoughts on this. Pete, welcome to the program. Hey, what's up? I'm all right. Hi, what, do you, what do you think about all this? How do you respond? Hey, let me tell you something. Everybody needs to relax a little bit. You know, we focus too much on religion. This is a, and there's nothing wrong with that. I respect the Mormons 100%. I'm not LDS. I respect them. They do good. But come on, you've got to admit, and I'm not a Lee fan, I'm a Trump fan, okay. but you've got to admit, that was funny, I thought it was funny, and nothing bad against anybody else. Everybody needs to hold out their hands, hold out their arms, deep breath, relax a little bit. Tomorrow's Friday, yeah, okay? <laughs> we think too much about um, what everything represents about utah and the mormons this is an election year we've gone through enough crap this year where a little bit of sense of humor is good for the soul no matter who you are there you go pete thanks so much for the call uh i think you make a good point there when it comes to let's just hold our arms out uh, take a deep breath it is friday (laughs) we've got some fun ahead of us once the weekend hits uh and and move on from there. One interesting thought that we haven't come, that hasn't really come up, except for in one text message there, and it is, what if Senator Lee, and I have no reason to believe he doesn't feel this way, what if Senator Lee truly believes the comparison he was making? 
Anyway, uh, I'm going to move on from this topic. I'm still welcome your opinions if you want to share them via text, 57500. But I must now uh, return to a story that broke here uh, on KSL News Radio just yesterday morning, and it was the announcement that the Utah Jazz, that the that Gail Miller and the family of companies will be selling a majority ownership share to Ryan Smith. But who is Ryan Smith? Who is Ryan Smith? The new jazz owner has been, uh, he's just been knocking him down both on and off the court since long before Wednesday's announcement of his acquisition. He's a billionaire, mind you, a billionaire, all right? And you know about Qualtrics, I'm sure, but let's walk through some of the details you might not know. He uh, will be, in addition to the team, uh, taking ownership of Vivint Arena, the the G League Salt Lake City Stars, and management of the Salt Lake Bees. Still working on 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 a good, concise explanation of what that exactly means. Uh, but uh, that this is the guy who is doing it. Ryan and his wife, Ashley Smith, uh, they will, if the NBA approves it, uh, become the majority owners of the Utah Jazz. Where did the billions of dollars come from? How is he able to fund all this? Well, Qualtrics, of course. Qualtrics was founded in Provo in 2002 by Ryan Smith and Jared Smith, his brother, based on technology first developed by Ryan and his father. Now, uh, Ryan Smith was interviewed not long ago uh, by a YouTuber named Breck Bolton, uh, and we got to know how Ryan Smith kind of rose to this level of wealth and the type of work that he did to grow a company uh, you know, to the size and scale and value of Qualtrics. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. Here's a bit of where Ryan Smith was born, grew up, and worked. I, I moved to Utah when I was two or three years old. Uh, my father was a professor at University of Oregon, so I was born in Eugene, Oregon. My father's from University, or from Washington State, and my mother's from Los Altos, California, and Palo Alto, the area. Um, and so I've, I pretty much grew up here, um, lived outside. I lived in Seoul, Korea when I was 17, did a, a Mormon mission in New Mexico City, and then uh, lived in Denver, Colorado, and, and worked for a little bit in L.A., and I came back to Utah, and I've been here ever since. Ryan Smith, he went to BYU and went into business administration with an emphasis in marketing. His dad was a professor at BYU in the business department, and often uh, they'd run into each other. I did take a couple classes from him. And I I don't know that I would have done marketing, but, you know, it was kind of interesting because I wanted to go finance, but I'd already taken so many marketing classes that it was kind of the way we leaned. And it wasn't like creative marketing. It was much more on the business marketing side. So here Ryan describes the the places he went on to work and how his company Qualtrics took off. I worked in, I mean, not with a degree because I started, we started Qualtrics when I was a junior in college, right? But I did do a couple internships, one in L.A. and one in um, one in Denver, Colorado, one with Ford Motor Company and Hewlett Packard. And this was in 2002, right after the dot-com bust. So those were the safe places to go work. And, uh, and then I... Kind of, we started seeing a little bit of success with Qualtrics, and I was like, let's let's do this full time. And that was pretty hard for my dad, who was, um, you know, pretty hell bent on this is what the academic life looks like. And I actually dropped out of college to do it, and that's uh, that's kind of been the, the road that we followed. Man, oh man! And that road that they followed led them to billions of dollars, and ultimately living out a dream of owning owning. The Utah Jazz, a team which he has uh, held close to his heart forever. You, uh, in other interviews here that, uh, you know, he once had a dream of playing for the Utah Jazz. That didn't work out. Uh, and now he will, again, pending in, uh, the sign-off of the NBA, uh, will become the uh, 
the new owner of the Utah Jazz. Uh, I've run out of time now, uh, but there is more, and I'll post this on Facebook, uh, a conversation between Ryan Smith and Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA. There is some back and forth about, first off, how the NBA is responding to COVID and how the fan experience will look in the future. And I think it's important to understand, especially as a Jazz fan, uh, what Ryan Smith views as the importance of the fan experience. So I'll ask uh, Gustavo to get that interview uh, posted up on Facebook. You can go listen to it in its entirety there. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. And when we return, we're going to shift gears pretty dramatically. We're going to be speaking with KSL News Radio's Lindsay Ahrens from the elections desk. There is some back and forth right now between the candidates for Utah's 4th Congressional District, Burgess Owens and Ben McAdams. They're at each other's throats. What's going on? We'll find out next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.